Hello, hello, Dizcasters. How are you all doing this week? I hope you're all doing well and faring well. Uh, I'm doing pretty okay, actually. Uh, allergies are kicking in, so I hate that. <laughs> uh, other than that, things are going really well. Uh, the We're steadily going, getting more and more into restrictions being lifted, so that's been really nice. It's been really nice to go out and see people uh, and just generally just be a little bit more social, which is really nice. And especially for me as somebody who is a very social person, it's been, it's been really, really nice. Uh, but... Uh, I don't want to get too much into that because we've got a couple, some pretty big headlines that I've come across actually for this episode. Um, <clears throat> uh, the first little piece of info actually has to do uh, for a follow-up. So when our, when Chapek, oh, excuse me, I'm just adjusting my chair here because I got to, I got to zip properly for this. When Chapek announced that he wasn't going to be doing anything in regards to the Don't Say Gay Bill, he got a lot of clapback. Like, a lot. And rightfully so. So now he has issued a new statement. Uh, on March 11th, he sent out a like a, uh, a new memo thing, I guess, to, uh, to the company or to the people within the company. Uh, and I'm going to read it here. Uh, I have a copy of it on uh, on our Twitter feed uh, if you want to go check that out at cast underscore diz. Uh, yeah, so this is what it says. So it says, quote, to my fellow colleagues, but especially our LGBTQ plus community, thank you to all who have reached out to me sharing your pain, frustration, and sadness over the company's response to the Florida, quote, don't say gay bill. Speaking to you, reading your messages, and meeting with you have helped me better understand how painful our silence was. It is clear that this is not just an issue about a bill in Florida, but instead yet another challenge to basic human rights. You needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I am sorry. Our employees see the power of this great company as an opportunity to do good. I agree. Yes, we need to use our influence to promote that good by telling inclusive stories, but also by standing up for the rights of all. Starting immediately, we are increasing our support for advocacy groups to combat similar legislation in other states. We are hard at work creating a new framework for our political giving that will ensure our advocacy better reflects our values. And today, we are pausing all political donations in the state of Florida pending this review. But I know there is so much more work to be done. I am committed to this work and to you all and will continue to engage with the LGBTQ community so that I can become a better ally. You will hear more about our progress in the coming weeks. I truly believe we are an infinitely better and stronger stronger company because of our LGBTQ plus community. I miss the mark in this case, but I'm an ally you can count on, and I will be an outspoken champion for the protections, visibility, and opportunity you deserve. So, here's my thing with this. Number one, I think it's smart that he's pulling all all like funding or not. Is funding the right word? Like he's pulling all. Well, yeah, he's pulling all funding, all political funding. I think that's smart. Just just do it. Just pull all of it. Uh, the biggest thing with this is that, A, it shouldn't have taken people coming forward and telling him he fucked up in order for him to do this in the first place. And B, it's it'll be interesting to see how this goes because one of the big things that people were pointing out uh, within the company and to JPEG himself is the fact that while they do bring up, or while he did bring up certain uh, shows 
that were like, yeah, we're, we like to tell inclusive stories and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, sure. But also in like mainstream Disney, you've never once actively done that. Like we as the community, we as the queer community, the LGBTQ plus community are tired of the hinting. We're tired of the coding. We're tired of the, oh, it's there, but we don't really say it's there. It's like, just fucking say it. Showcase gay stories. Showcase queer characters. It's no secret that this, it doesn't go poorly. Like, there are instances where having an openly queer character is fine. I mean, one that immediately pops to my head is um, Mitchell's versus the Machines, uh, which isn't a Disney which isn't a, a Disney film. Uh, I th- I I can't remember. I think it's Sony, but basically, like the main f- that main female character is gay, and the way that we know that is because of the fa- because rather than them straight up saying that she is gay, they do it in ways that while sort of subtle are also not subtle in how she talks to this girl that she likes um in the fact that there's very obvious gay stuff like on her backpack and on her vest and stuff like that like there's ways to do it where you can be like yes this is a gay character and not have to skirt around the issue if that makes sense like it's just if you want to be an ally, be an ally. Commit. Don't just say you're going to be an ally. Actually do it. So I think I think this is going to be a good... I think this is going to be a good thing. Because I think it's really going to show him and I guess like other Disney heads to be like, you can't just keep it secret because then then they become as bad as, these, as the people pushing this bill. It may not be that they're not allowed to say gay but the but with them never actively committing to it and actively doing it makes it just as bad that's the problem so if you want to showcase gay stories then do it and have gay characters like don't just hide it don't just code it actually do it and i know that they're like um i know that there were some people in pixar that were like we've been wanting to do that but Disney just wouldn't let wouldn't let us, and so yeah, just fucking do it, because then you become because then you become no better than these Republican assholes who are pushing this kind of bullshit. And actually, speaking of these Republican assholes, uh, so uh, what's his fuck DeSantis, the guy who's I think he's the senator of Florida, um, is not happy at the fact that Disney did this. Uh, because of course, why would he be? Because he's and he's an, he's just a dick. He's an asshole. Anyway, but uh, I read here in an article uh, from MSNBC that says that he's just that DeSantis basically like called out Disney. Um, and I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying to find the quote because it's very. It's like it's very pointed. It's very funny. Here it is. All right, so basically, uh, DeSantis's pub- uh, political operation sent an email to supporters accusing, quote, woke Disney of echoing Democrat propaganda and falling for the corporate media's phony hysteria about the bill. 
So it's apparent that DeSantis is not happy that they're of just what Disney has done because it's showing that like <clears throat> it's showing that Disney has a, has basically picked a side, uh, which admittedly Chapek was uh, afraid of in terms of having weaponized. But at the same time, if you're going to pick a side, this is very much an issue you want to pick a side for, for obvious reasons. And it's like, I don't know, I just feel like the Republicans just talk so much out of their ass. It's like, oh no, God forbid that some Republican asshole doesn't go out to watch the new Disney movie or whatever. I mean, I think the concern is that because Disney World is in Florida, that they're worried about like uh, money coming in because Florida is a pretty, it's a fairly red state. It's just a weird state. I don't know what the hell is going on in Florida. Florida's fucking weird, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, some stuff more about, uh, from DeSantis. In the state of Florida, we are not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten, DeSantis said during a re-election campaign stop in Boca Raton. You know, because God forbid that we let children choose who they want to be. Isn't that what they teach in schools? You can be anything you want. You can be whomever you want. Unless it goes against gender norms or, you know, whatever. Just, ugh, anyway. Uh, the chance that I'm going to back down from my commitment to students and back down from my commitment to parents' rights simply because of fraudulent media narratives or pressure from woke corporations, the chances of that are zero, he said. Uh, of course, this is to retort uh, Bob Chapek, who told shareholders earlier this week uh that he had been opposed to the bill from the outside, but chose not to take a political position on it because uh, they thought they, uh, they'd be more effective working behind the scenes. Which on, you know, I I understand that sense. I understand like wanting to be like, we can change it. We can change the system from working within the system, right? Because that's, that is that is how you act, you make change. However, when you're such a big company like Disney, it's really hard to avoid that kind of thing because because of the conscious impact that you have on everything, right? That's the problem. So that's why it becomes such a big issue when a company like Disney doesn't say anything. And it's even worse when literally there is money trail showing that they are funding people who are actively uh, uh, trying to push this kind of uh, this kind of stuff. So yeah, so that's the whole thing. Um, again, it is nice to see... Uh, you know, them sort of making a decision about things. I'd rather they pull all funding rather than just commit to just funding the Democratic side. Um, even though, you know, later on, maybe they'll shift into funding Democrats and things like that. Because I can understand why, from like a corporate standpoint, it would help to have political allies, especially if you want to do things, you know, like expand or if you want to, you know, do certain things with your parks and stuff like that. Anywho. So yeah, uh, another fun little thing. Uh, uh, Bob Iger is has appeared in the news once again, uh, not in regards to Disney, but in this time he's uh, been found to be supporting uh, some other startups, like from I think from like Silicon Valley or something like that. Uh, but one he is particularly working with is called Genies. Uh, it's uh, it's a company that was founded in 2017 by someone named Akash Nigam. 
uh, 29-year-old entrepreneur. The company, which has raised $100 million in funding and employs more than 100 people, offers tools for making virtual characters, clothing, and accessories backed by non-fungible tokens. NFTs are considered an integral part of what may see of what many see as the next big wave of tech innovation dubbed Web 3.0 or Web 3. I mean, fucking NFTs. I mean, like, if you can, I don't know, just NFTs are just weird. But it basically operates in NFT marketplace, this uh, this app or whatever called Genies. And uh, apparently Genies signed partnerships with Universal Music Group and Warner Music Group uh, to... I guess just make NFTs for people. So that's a thing. Uh, Mr. Iger said he was attracted to genies because he believes the ability for anyone to easily create and sell virtual goods will change the entertainment industry and be a key component of the metaverse, a term used to describe developing virtual worlds where people are expected to work, learn, and socialize. So, yeah, I mean, like, on, on paper, it sounds fine, right? The idea of being able to just create... Uh, freely like that you know it's nice it's it's a good idea and it's a good concept i just don't i just can't get behind nfts just as a thing but maybe it'll be something different maybe it'll evolve into something new that's a little more or that at least makes more sense you know so who knows but yeah that's kind of what he's doing he's investing in like tech and stuff and you know he's looking to the future which is good which is good um, you know, which was very nice, especially when he was in, when he was working for, uh, the Disney company, that's definitely something that we want is somebody to look forward to the future, that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, one last quick little thing here is, uh, so there's a Disney, ch- a, there's a YouTube channel, uh, that Disney has that I only just discovered and it's called Disney cast life. Uh, it looks like it's just a fun little thing that re- that revolves around the cast members, which is kind of cute. Uh, the YouTube channel is literally called Disney Cast Life. I'll I'll link the channel, uh, and yeah, it's it's I just I don't know because I we love the cast members, right? They 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 are like the heart and soul of the Disney parks. So yeah, just any chance to kind of get to know them a little more, I'm always down for. Uh, but recently they started doing this new series called Cast Conversations. Uh, which is basically where they speak with the employees across the Disney company uh, and just talk about what they do and how they contribute to uh, to the magic of Disney kind of thing. Uh, so episode one of Con- of Cast Conversations came out on the 14th. And yeah, it's just a cute little conversation with this gentleman named Kevin who works in the Disney archives. So I, I like it. It's cute. So I'll link the I'll link the um, the YouTube channel itself. And then I'll also link the video separately so you can check that out uh yeah last little bit of disney news here uh mickey's toontown is officially closing uh for the for the rest of the year uh close uh it is officially closed at a, as of march 9th uh and will reopen in early 2023 it looks like they're doing a big big refurb of the entire section of the park uh which you know it's probably about well i wouldn't know i don't know I wouldn't say it's about time, only really because that section of the park, to me, has never felt dated. But I think that's because of it, of the nature of it just looking like a cartoon, if that makes sense. 
So, yeah, but it, it, I don't know. It'll be nice when it reopens. It'll reopen with the new ride, of course, with uh, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. Uh, it'll still have all of the good stuff. It'll still have Mickey and Minnie's house. It'll still have the cartoon spin, uh, uh, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. It'll also still have Gadget's Go Coaster, Donald's Boat, and Goofy's uh, and Goofy's house. Uh, but apparently those three are going to be do- be undergoing a bit of a, of a refurb. Uh, which is fine, you know, like refurbishments happen. And while I'm sad to see uh, that section of the park go, uh, I am excited for what's going to happen for when it reopens, you know, because like stuff like this has to happen. They they don't really have a choice, if that makes sense, right? Like, well, no, they have a choice. They can just leave it if they want. But I do think it's nice that they're willing to invest in making things nicer. And it's especially nice especially considering the fact that it seems like a lot of money has not exactly been going to the parks uh just by way of chapek so yeah because i think i mentioned in the last podcast um um my old co-host fairleth came back from disney and uh, she told me about how just certain rides were just breaking down left right and center things just didn't seem to be maintained well enough and it's like well that's not great Right, because when you're a multi-billion-dollar company, you would think that they would set aside a little bit of that money to, you know, fix the thing. You know, that was your founder's dream. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm just bitter about it. <laughs> okay, so now we are on to our main topic here, which is, of course, Pooh's Grand Adventure: The Search for Christopher Robin. So I specifically chose this one because I this one came out in 1997 and I remember actually having this movie like owning it and watching it and uh, loving it and upon rewatch I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, the songs are actually quite cute. There are some very cute songs in it and I don't know it's just kind of nice just to see these characters just like have their own like little mini adventure you know try to find Christopher Robin where he's gone off to. Uh, It also seems like it's a very much a direct sequel to um, to the original Winnie the Pooh movie, because at the end of the original Winnie the Pooh movie, uh, the many versions of Winnie the Pooh, we have Christopher Robin and Pooh Bear like walking around talking about life together and like their future and that sort of stuff. And the beginning of this film kind of echoes that very, very closely. Like they talk about their future together you know, uh, what it means to be best friends and like how it's just nice just to do nothing together, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so it feels very much like a sequel, which is really cool. So very similarly to the previous film, uh, the previous film I'm referring to, of course, being many bridges, Winnie the Pooh, uh, it does start off with, uh, a narrator. Uh, it is being narrated, uh, by David Warner, uh, who is an English actor, uh, I don't believe he's done anything else in particular that we may have known him known him from, but it's just nice to have that. It's also nice because Christopher Robin's actually voiced by, I believe he's actually voiced by someone who's actually British, which is nice because, uh, oh no, he's an American actor, but he uses it in an English accent because of course Christopher Robin or the story of Winnie the Pooh is an English story, uh, or at least the uh, A.A. Milne Uh, I believe was an Englishman. All through this beginning sequence, we have Christopher Robin trying to tell Pooh Bear something very important. 
And it isn't until later that we find out this, uh, this important piece of information is that he's going to be starting school. So this kind of puts me into thinking that Christopher Robin is like just turned five years old. But he's certainly not animated to look like he's five. <laughs> like the way he's animated, I swear to God, he's like, he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like nine, ten. He does not look like a five-year-old. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but yeah, so he's trying to tell Pooh Bear like this really important piece of information because he just he's like, yeah, he wants to let him know he's not going to be seeing him every day uh, anymore kind of thing. Uh, but Pooh Bear's like, if it can wait, it's fine. We're just happy, you know, we're fine doing our own thing, whatever. And then Christopher Robin tries to tell him, is like, uh, when I'm gone, I want you to remember these, these key things. Uh, you're braver than you believe. You're stronger than you seem. And you're smarter than you think. He's like trying to like pump him up and have Pooh Bear remember these important pieces of just not information, but like, uh, just waste for support when he can't get it directly from Christopher Robin. So the next day, Pooh Bear wakes up. It's the first day of autumn. And he's all excited. He runs outside and he finds that there's a honeypot in front of his house. And there's a note attached to it. Now, of course, he wants to help himself. But he doesn't know whose it is. He wants to figure it out. So he's like, I'll go see Christopher Robin. So he goes hunting for Christopher Robin. Uh, comes across all of his other friends. Piglet's trying to conquer his fear by climbing to the top or his uh, his just fear in general by climbing to the top of the tree that he lives in. Uh, and then Tigger shows up. Uh, fun fact, uh, Tigger is voiced by, uh, where's his name? Uh, Paul Winchell, who is the original voice actor for Tigger. And this was actually his final performance in the role. So this, is the, this would be the last time that Paul Winchell would be cast as Tigger. Uh, Jim Cummings uh, takes over to be Winnie the Pooh, uh, and then he would later take over as Tigger as well. Jim Jim Cummings being a ridiculously talented voice actor. He is just nothing short of an icon. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so he comes across uh, that, and then um, Piglet gets scared, of course. Tigger tries to bounce nice and high to catch him. Uh, to catch Piglet before he falls. They all catch each other. Everything's fine, but then they knock, or, but uh, Tigger bounces so hard that it knocks the acorns all out of the tree. And so they're all riding this acorn wave right to Rabbit, who's doing his harvest because he's, you know, it's the first day of autumn, so he's got to do his harvest. And then they all crash into each other, and it's all very silly. Uh, and then uh, Pooh Bear's like, hey, you know, there's this note here. Uh, I can't read it. Rabbit, can you read it? Uh, it's like covered in honey and rabbit's like sure um you know and of course fails to read it period because it's all covered in in uh in honey and so they all so all of them plus eeyore end up going to owl's house to have owl read it for them and so owl does so uh and then he misreads the note uh by making it seem like it's from Christopher Robin, who's asking for help because he's gone far away and he has gone to this place called Skull. But it's funny because uh, Owl actually spells out the word school. Like he spells, he spells, he's going to A S H 
S-C-H-O-O-L. <gasps> Skull. Because he just mispronounces it because these are all supposed to be stuffed animals. They can't read. <laughs> anyway, and so everybody thinks, everybody panics. Everybody thinks that Christopher Robin is in danger. And so they all plan to go and get him. Owl gets all excited because like, oh, this is going to be an adventure. It's a fun quest. And he starts making a map. He's like making shit up off the top of his head. Uh... He's like, yes, you must go to this to this area of the woods that is uncharted territory and into the great unknown. And they're like, oh, will there be heffalumps there and woozles and jaguars? And I was like, of course there will be. It's it's clear that he's just adding everything. He's just he, it's so clear to us as the viewers that he's just making all of this up. And it's it's just very funny and silly. Uh, there's a fun song here in which Owl uh praises them for going on this great journey and then he sends them on their way and then they basically just go on a tr- on a trip it's a it's very it's very the hobbit they're all just going on a grand adventure uh and then over the course of this adventure there are different instances in which we have our friends uh piglet tigger and rabbit all sort of challenge themselves in certain ways uh in ways that pertain to them so like uh Pooh Bear uh tries to kind of guide everybody but of course he doesn't he can't really read the map very well so Rabbit takes it upon himself to lead which is fine they end up in you know a bramble bush and then into a beautiful meadow and in this meadow Piglet gets like picked up and carried away by butterflies I don't know why but he does uh, and so he Piglet is becomes very very scared, um, and so Pooh Bear goes to try and save him and help him, and they all come back down. And then Piglet feels very bad because he's like, "Oh, I just wasn't brave enough to like, you know, fight back kind of thing, or to save myself." And so Pooh Bear is like, "Oh no, that's okay. Like if there, you of course you are much braver than you think you are, that kind of thing, right?" And so just trying to cheer him up. And then he tries to reiterate that thing that Christopher Robin tells him, but of course he's completely forgotten it. So he completely botches it. Yeah. And then uh, a little bit further on there, they continue their, their trek and they find their way into like the, this mountainous area. Uh, and it's here that rabbit tries his hardest to be like we got to go this way this is the direction that we must go because this is what the map says even though everyone's like yeah but those really spooky mountains are over there shouldn't we go that way and so in there's another song here in which rabbit's like well no because we have to listen to the map we got to do what the map says uh because he's supposed to be very bookish right he's supposed to be very smart um unfortunately though uh the map gets torn in half uh and rabbit starts to panic and then tigger starts running for the map or bouncing towards the map into this chasm and he's bouncing on this log and he's trying to catch it and he's trying to catch the floating piece of the map and then the log breaks and then tigger falls down uh and then everybody tries to jump down and save him but then uh they can't reach him so they're trying to get him to bounce up to them but tigger is very sad because he feels like his tail isn't strong enough for it right he feels like his he just his, his tail is just not bouncy enough. Unfortunately, everybody falls down the chasm into the river, and everyone. But of course, everyone's fine. Everyone's safe. They all land safely in a shallow river because that makes sense. 
I don't know. It's fine. It's a cartoon. And also these are stuffed animals. Uh, eventually they find themselves in a nice cave where they sleep for the night. And then the next morning they find out this cave is actually Skull Rock, which is where they were trying to get to. Uh, from there, they go, they brave themselves and go inside to go and search for Christopher Robin because he's apparently like trapped in the left eye of Skull Rock. Owl was very specific about where he was, he, he was, uh, where he was taken captive. <laughs> it's very silly. And so they all go inside and then they end up splitting up because there's a bunch of pathways. And then everybody kind of like ends up falling down deeper into the cave and like they all group together except for Pooh Bear who ends up like stuck in like this crystal section of the cave. Uh, it's very funny. And uh, he ends up like behind this giant crystalline structure that makes him look giant and massive. And they're all scared because they think it's supposed to be the Skullosaurus. That is another monster that Owl had uh, scared them or that Owl had told them about that apparently is also going to be trying to eat them. And so they're all terrified. They all run away. And then Pooh Bear is like kind of left on his own. And uh, he ends up sliding down a bunch of like slides and paths and stuff. And he gets stuck in like this tiny little hole of a crystalline structure wall. And he can see all his friends are all down there, but he can't get, he can't get to them because he's stuck and he can't say anything because his like, he's stuck by his head. So his mouth is very like, he sounds a little like this, and so he can't go anywhere. Like, I'm pressing my, my hands towards my face to pucker them. But eventually they get to the point of where they find, oh, that's that's the eye of the skull. So they're all trying to figure out a plan. They're like, Rabbit, we need you to come up with a plan. And that's where Rabbit kind of confesses he doesn't think he's smart enough because he couldn't figure out anything with the map and stuff. So there's definitely, like, they, there's definitely moments of the callback of what Christopher Robin had done because, or what Christopher Robin had told Pooh Bear because there's an ongoing kind of thing about confidence in yourself, right? That's kind of the, the story, the, or I guess the moral, I guess you could say, of this movie. Um, but they kind of pump him up. They're like, no, Rabbit, you can do this. Like, you're smart. You, you've got this. And so Rabbit's like, okay, cool. So, and then he comes up with a plan. And then he's like, Piglet. Or no, he's like, Tigger, you bounce pig. You bounce with Piglet all the way up to that, uh, to that branch. And then Piglet, you walk over the branch and you push over the vine. And then we'll all climb up the vine. And he's like, okay, cool. But then Tigger doubts himself. And then Piglet doubts himself. But of course, a bit of a hype, a bit of a hype up, and then Tigger's like, "All right, here we go," and then he bounce, 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 and then he launches himself up, uh, and so yeah, and so it's just like this moment of like self-realization of self-confidence kind of thing, which is really nice for for Tigger at that point, and then Piglet has to brave himself uh, into walking over the branch, uh, over like this root, I think is what it, it looks like a root, and then push the vine down. He's all proud of himself because he's super smart or super brave. And then he slide and then he rides down the the thing and then he's like, "Oh, I just really wish that Pooh Bear was here to like uh to witness all of us, you know, being, you know, uh, being better than we thought we were and I hope he's proud." Then of course we see Pooh being like, "Yes, of course." He, he cuts to Pooh Bear. He's like, "I'm so very proud of all of you." And he just like exclaims that and then he pushes himself out of the thing and then falls down a hole. Um where he just kind of gets stuck. <laughs> he's just stuck. It's just him 
and the honeypot that he's been carrying this entire time because he wants to make sure with Christopher Robin whose it is and he wants to make sure maybe it's for Christopher Robin. Anyway, so everybody climbs up the vine into the eye area and that's where they come across Christopher Robin who turns out has been searching for them the entire time. And then they hear this grumbly noise that they've been hearing ever since the woods, and they assume it's the Scalosaurus. And then Christopher Robin's like, no, 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 no. There's only one thing that can make a sound like that. And then, of course, he says it's the, t- the tummy of a... R- it's the very hungry, rumbly, tumbly of a Pooh Bear. And so we cut to Pooh, who's sitting there feeling really sad because he's afraid that uh, he's just going to be stuck and lost until he comes across a giant honeypot. And so he goes into the honeypot, and then the honeypot gets uh, gets pulled up, and then that's where he finds all of his friends, including Christopher Robin. And everyone's all excited, and everyone's happy. And then Christopher Robin clears everything up. He's like, no, 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 no. I said, don't worry about me. I'm not going far. I'm just going to school. I'll be back this afternoon. So yeah, that's where he tells him that he's just going to school. And then everyone's like, oh. And so it was just a very silly little... The whole thing is basically built on a misunderstanding that <laughs> that Christopher Robin, who is somebody that they all really love and they're all friends with, um, and they all really care for and cherish, uh, just may have been in danger. So it's very sweet. But yeah, and then they all kind of go back toward they go they all go back. There's another song. Uh, the songs in this movie aren't bad, actually. I kind of dig them. Uh, where's the list? Here we go. So there's "Forever and Ever," which was at the beginning, which was the song with which was the duet between uh, Pooh Bear and Christopher Robin. "Adventure is a Wonderful Thing." That's Owl. If it says so, uh, is Robert Rabbit's song about the map. Wherever you are is like the is like the more ballad song where Pooh Bear is just like singing to the ether um, about like wherever you are, uh, I'm here and I'm lost without you and it's it's very sweet and then everything is right and that's when they're all coming back to the hundred acre where they're all coming back home and everyone's all happy and confident in themselves and yeah and everything is right everything's great so yeah and then. The movie ends with Christopher Robin and Pooh Bear talking and having their fun. And yeah, basically just Pooh Bear telling or uh, Christopher Robin saying, yeah, so I'm going to be doing school for a bit for for a long time. I'm going to go there to learn things, but I'll always come back and then we'll always see each other. We'll see each other afterwards kind of thing. So it's basically just kind of like a neck, the next step in their relationship kind of thing. And yeah, and I think. Yeah, I I like this movie. It's very it's it's sweet. It's short. It's very simple. Um, I mean, in comparison to some of the other ones that like in uh, to the other movies that revolve around these characters, I don't know. I just feel a certain attachment to this one, and maybe that's because I grew up literally with it. Like it was one of the movies that I owned and everything. But I don't know. Perhaps it's also just the, one of the ones that has the most substance. Because, of course, there's all the other, like, 
uh, direct-to-video uh, movies and made-for-TV ones, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, again, this movie was released on August 5th, 1997. Um, in terms of its reception, uh, it currently is it, assessed at 33% based on nine reviews with an average score of 4.3 out of 10. Um, so it isn't exactly great, I don't think, but also... I don't know. I didn't hate it. I thought it's. I thought it was sweet. It had good music. The animation is very, very good, and it actually has like good character stories. And uh, it's uh, Doug Walker, who is um, uh, who someone who reviewed it, said that it stayed true to the existential themes and sentimentality of the original A. Milne stories. Which is good, right? You want something that at least echoes the uh, the source material. All in all, I really enjoyed this movie. I would probably give it about a 5 or 6 out of 10. Again, it's not crazy good. It's not awful, which is nice. So, yeah, no, it's it's well worth it. It's it's a fun story, you know? It, you know, the, you, you get a sense that because, because the way that they make everything feel, they make everything feel so big and scary. And, like, when they arrive at Skull Rock, it looks so huge. And then afterwards, the next morning, when they find Christopher Robin, everything's like, oh, that's actually not that big of a rock. And Christopher, and Christopher Robin's like, yeah, well, things usually do look bigger and scarier when you're alone in the dark. So, yeah. There are some good there are some good messages in this movie, especially with the whole you are smarter than you think and you are braver than you believe and you are stronger than you seem. Like just having confidence in yourself. That's probably the main message of this film is just just to have confidence in yourself. And I like that. Even Eeyore. I mean, like Eeyore was Eeyore was there with them the entire time. Like, yeah, he was you and Moby and everything. But still, he was, you know, he was a good friend and helped everyone in certain ways. So yeah, I like it. It's cute. Well, next time we're going to be dipping into another Winnie the Pooh film. And this one is just, uh, this one is the latest, uh, the latest, I guess, official release of the Winnie the Pooh movies. I believe it is. Yes, it seems like this film was an official Walt Disney Animation Studios release. So uh, this is, it's just called Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I I look forward to this one. Uh, this is going to be fun. It's got some, it's got songs by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, who of course are famous for, uh, the songs from Frozen and Frozen 2. So yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, take your meds, eat your food, drink your water, get out there and move around, exercise as much as you can, if you can. And yeah, I'll chat with you all next time. Bye.